Hi, my name is Cyril and I'm working in a chemistry research lab in the Schofield Group uh, at the University of Oxford. What I'm working on is the next generation of anti-cancer treatments. And I'm saying the next generation because I'm working on a very new and exciting field of biology called epigenetics, meaning beyond genetics. You may have heard of genetics, which has to do with our DNA and our genes. And the genes are the blueprints of life. So, for example, I have a model of a string of DNA and each beat represents a gene. And, for example, this gene here may be responsible for the color of your eyes. These genes here may be responsible for your skin repair after you cut yourself in the kitchen. And these genes here, they may just be responsible for respiration in general. However, sometimes things go wrong. And to make out a gene like this, which is called an oncogene or a cancer gene, so it may potentially give you cancer. However, that's no reason for worry yet, because that's exactly where epigenetics kicks in. So your DNA doesn't just randomly swim around inside your cells, but it is highly organized. And in fact, it is wrapped around barrels or spindles called histones, which is represented by this. And the important thing to remember here is that not all genes are transcribed, which means put into practice. But in this model, only the genes being on this white strip here, same transcription, are actually being put into practice. The DNA will be wrapped around the histone. And if you remember our oncogene from before, it is not on the white strip. It is not being transcribed, so it's not put into practice, and you won't get cancer. Now, biology is a very dynamic process, and the histones, they can change color. And this is done by having chemical groups, which can be taken away and being put on again. And this is done by enzymes. Enzymes, they have an active site, which is like a hole which fits exactly around the chemical they take off. So the enzyme comes around, wraps around the chemical, and takes it off. So the histone changed shape, your DNA is still wrapped around, and this time the oncogenus on the white strip. So it will be transcribed and you may potentially get cancer. So the question for me is, how as a chemist can I do cancer research and apply my physical science skill to medical science and help to find new cancer treatments? So exactly what I'm doing is I'm designing molecule to try and understand a very new area of cancer research with epigenetics and hopefully find new anti-cancer drugs. The question is how can a chemist as a physical scientist do drug discovery and hence use his physical skills to do medical research and hopefully find new treatments for cancer. One way to do this is to first identify the mechanism where does chemistry link to the biology. And before, we had the histone that changed its structure by taking chemical groups off or on. And this is done not by chemists, but by actual nature's chemists, which are enzymes. And the way they work, they have an active site here, which is a hole, which has got the shape exactly of the chemical group they want to take off. So they come around, they wrap themselves over and take it off. And before, that gave us cancer, which is pretty bad. So the question is, for me, is there a chemical way of stopping this enzyme to work? And yes, there is. The important part here is, this active site is about the size of a molecule, which I can make as an organic chemist. Um, this is just a model. However, I can look at it in the way it actually looks in nature. And that's exactly how it looks like. We can visualize this by using very special physical techniques. Here we, sh we were shining X-ray radiation onto it. 
and the active sites, which is the hole here, is about this part with the orange dot. So I know exactly what the shape looks like. So what do I do? Solving chemical problems for drug discovery is basically like solving 3D puzzles. So I need to know the 3D shape of this hole. I need to make some sort of stopper. For example, if I take smaller molecules and just put them in here, the hole is blocked. And if it's blocked, it can still come around, but it can't take the chemical group off. So it doesn't work anymore. So that's my strategy. From the X-ray crystallography, I know how this hole looks like. So the stopper I need to design and rebuild may be something more complicated, like this. So I do have all my chemical building blocks, which are just like Lego in a way, and I need to put them together in the proper way. For example, if I only have three building blocks, there might be many more, and usually there are many more. I need to put them together exactly in this succession and in this way. But how do we know it's not putting together itself like this? or like this, because molecules are very, very tiny. So we need special techniques to visualize what I'm doing so I'm not blind while I'm doing my job. And the other thing is all the building blocks are very hard to assemble, and there's many, many ways that they assemble. So it's also the chemical knowledge of the chemical reactions that I need to know in order to put together the exact shape of the stopper I want to design for the enzyme. So say in the ideal case scenario, I was able to one-to-one -one recreate this 3D shape to make the ideal stopper from an enzyme. I can have a biological test to see if I'm able to do what I initially wanted to do, which is stop this from working, and this is the reason why I want to prevent cancer. So one easy test to do is to take my molecule here and take my enzyme, take a test tube and put them together. If this one is still working, this molecule is not good enough, so I need to go back to square one and basically do a better job. If this stops working, that's great, but that's far from being a drug because we only have the enzyme and the molecule, whereas in a cell there's loads of enzymes and loads of molecules. So I need to become more biologically relevant. So next stage is I'm going to put my molecule into cells. So in my case, I'm having dishes with cancer cells, and cancer cells are so aggressive, they actually start growing and proliferating inside a dish, completely remote from a biological system. So I take my dish of cancer cells, I put my molecule inside, and I just observe what's happening. In my case, luckily, I put my molecule inside, and they actually stop growing. And even better, they start dying. So that's a good result, but still far from being a drug. Next stage to uh, look at is to take cancer cells, take normal cells, take my molecule into both dishes, and again, observe what's happening. Ideal case scenario, I hope I will only see the cancer cells dying and the normal cells, they will just be not affected by my molecule. And again, that is just not, not a drug yet. So there's going to be loads of biological testing to be done. And besides all the science, there's loads of regulations, legislation that needs to be respected. So hopefully, in about seven to eight years, we might be able to see a drug on the market which is based on the work I have been doing here in chemistry at Oxford. In my field in preclinical drug discovery, we can tie together epigenetics, crystallography, our molecules, the biochemistry, and all the cells and the biology together in an interdisciplinary science to hopefully find the next generation cancer treatments. 
So it is not just about doing chemistry, but actually we're swimming around at the interface of many, many physical sciences to, in the end, achieve a medical goal.